You're listening to the Geekscape Network. How's it going, everyone? Meridon here with episode 70 of the Over Nerds podcast. We have uh, some news for you today uh, out of uh, out of the Overwatch League, and we'll get back into some games. But first, I want to introduce you to my co-host here, Brock. What's going on, Brock? Man, not much. Just, just living kind of a dream. It feels like a fever dream at times, but it's <laughs> we're, we're living it here. Uh, but we're, we're doing all right the old coronavirus stream yeah it's this just nightmare a, <laughs> the good old uh, i can never leave my house kind of kind of nightmare you know yeah yeah um so yeah games games were back we'll talk about the games that were back of course next week game next week's games we got ourselves um the sinatra mvp game that we'll talk about a little bit later so that's that's pretty cool finally here um and a tiny little bit of our news in the beginning that we'll touch on so um without further ado uh, I am going to throw the Al news over to Brock. What's going on? Uh, you know what? It was kind of a calm week for Al, but that's all right because when, yeah. when there's so much nonsense going on for the past couple of weeks, it's good to have a nice calmer week. Um, so first off, something a little bit, uh, you know, something we knew about, but we got a little more insight into was the uh, Titans cutting fissure. Uh, a report came out that. The Titans cut uh, fissure due to causes. Now, <laughs> what causes could actually mean, who really knows? But, uh, unfortunately, uh, the main tag was indeed cut, uh, despite his pleas to really not be dropped from the team. Uh, according to his own stream, he very much wanted to stay on the team, regardless of uh, it being all English speakers and fissure. The uh, the rest of the Vancouver Vancouver Titans org had decided against that, so we uh, we had to get a little more uh, knowledge into that situation coming from both uh, Fisher's side uh, into uh, rather from his stream and uh, another report from uh, I should probably should double check that I believe the Esport Insider I know it's Kevin Hit uh, wrote that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, talking about from the Titan side of why they end up cutting Fissure uh, amongst the the gigantic Titan uh, roster purge. Yeah, that's some really crappy news. Um, and for Fissure's sake, I I kind of hope it's like that because Fissure is saying that he wanted to stay on the team. He was determined to finish the season at least finish the season out with the Titans. Kind of builds to his character. Um, because Fisher's kind of looked at as kind of this problem child, sort of just bouncing around teams. Um, even his uh, his uh, player shy, he looks like he's gonna murder somebody. <laughs> so Fisher didn't have that good of a stigma around him, and, and hearing him talk about the dedication to the Titans, uh, in my opinion, kind of builds up his character and kind of puts his stocks up a little bit there. Um, 
and assuming this was just the Titan just being an unorganized mess, um, that actually could help Fisher's chances of finding a new team. Yeah, I, I think Fisher will find a new team very much in time, um, very much like he found a new team this season, right? But in in this mm-hmm. past off season, his talent is just too good, and and there's enough enough content, enough video out there of him absolutely performing at the highest level you need to have for mm-hmm. Owl. So I would highly doubt he remains teamless or orgless. Rather, mm-hmm. it's just whether or not he finds the org he wants to play for. Yeah. Right. So he, he very much has an idea of where he wants to play for, or like actually the team he wants to play for. Can he get it is the next question. And, and, and that'd be something to very much to keep an eye out for going forward. Mm-hmm. But uh, on a little bit more positive news, uh, we got Supreme getting uh, bumped up from assistant coach to full-time head coach on the Washington Justice. So uh, after John Galt and Bonnie... Uh, were asked to take a leave. Uh, Supreme has taken uh, John Galt's role as head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this this makes sense to have the the Korean head coach in front of, you know, leading this full Korean roster now. Yeah, and, no, uh, totally. Kind of only makes sense. Sucks for Bonnie and John Galt, but yeah, they got to do what they got to do. Yeah, life life's tough, and sometimes jobs are tough when uh, you're. GM has a different take on where the team wants to be mm-hmm. from, you know, obviously what the coaches want to do. Yep. And the last little bit of news is probably the most exciting. Uh, we got our first contenders, mid-season contenders update. Oh, I guess technically Punk counted. Um, Punk Fielder were also added. Zick was added. But this one, this was a post-contender season happening and something that people weren't really ready for mostly because the rumor mill had uh pinned this player someone who not wanting to play owl but kevster has been signed uh with the los angeles gladiators uh previously of team doge team envy and nrg yeah it's it i always love seeing talent go from from contenders and and making their way into into overwatch league it's just nice to see it's nice to see people get their chance so we'll see how this pans out. Um, this guy's pretty... He has a lot of hype behind him. Uh, very highly touted DPS player and contenders. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. I believe um, they play the Houston Outlaws this week. The Gladiators do. So we'll see Kefster in there against... Or not the Gladiators. They, they play the Outlaws. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mix myself up there. But yeah, maybe we'll see him. Uh, we'll see him out there. Honestly, a, a bird ring Kevster DPS line looks pretty good on paper. So <laughs> I I am excited. And if you're going to test out some new talent, I think the Outlaws are a good team to do that. I don't think the Outlaws are as a, a joke as they were in the beginning of the season. I, I, I think mm-hmm. now that kind of the rest of the league is kind of normalized. Yeah. The, the Outlaws have kind of fallen down very much towards the bottom of the rankings. Just... Not not more of they're just incompetent, but just just dear sheer talent wise, they just uh, aren't really able to compete. Um, at least what from what I've seen in the past. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree there. But that's that's it. That was all the owl news that happened this past week. Um, and that's okay. You know what? Yeah. Not every week has Finally. to be a, an absolute barn burner of news and uh, updates and crazy shifts. So. 
like our 25 minutes to half an hour of us playing catch up for the past few weeks with like 9 million things of Overwatch like these happening. Exactly. It was, it was a marathon and a half. <laughs> it's fun to talk about, but it's like, holy crap, this is a lot of news. And uh, everyone's like, all right, we get it. We've heard all of this, please. Yeah. Well, well guess what? You know what? It's our pod. We're going to talk about <laughs> things that we haven't discussed quite yet. Exactly. So, but anywho, we're done with that. Let's move on to the fun stuff. A bunch of three O's, but hey, yeah. we're, we're here for, for last week's games. Starting us off over in APAC, we got London versus Shanghai. And I believe we got this one right. I believe both of us said the good old three O dragons. Yeah, this one isn't really too surprising. The London Spitfire are a team that um, they're basically, for me, like the three Chinese teams are kind of hard for me to put in a power ranking because i'm like yeah they get their they they get their uh the crap beat out of them by the really good teams but then they put up a fight against the teams that are mediocre um and and it actually it obviously showed this weekend with the the 3-0 shellacking that they took from the dragons yeah they even featured their b team uh not many teams are able to do this but london did have the pleasure of uh, putting in Shui, Babel, Cleston, Jihoon, uh, Krillin, and their last main support, which might have still just been saying, what are I think they might only have one main support. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay yeah, with that. that was, I love that. that. I mean, I think that's an A-plus thing to do, especially if a lot of players haven't had a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just unfortunate their comp was really, really bad. It was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was ball and uh, Roadhog, and I believe it's Treasure Genji. So, wow, that's all very hard dive, and things can happen, right? You can make things happen with that kind of comp. Uh, against Shanghai, probably yeah. not a lot is going to happen unless you have a crazy play. So, um, props to them for trying something different. Unfortunately, that's maybe not what they wanted to do there. Yeah, um, I do. I do really love that, though. I always get I always get stuck on this when, when teams do this because we always say, "Hey, you know, you're down in the dumps right now. You're not fighting too much for a position. Throw some of the new guys in there. Throw something at the wall and see if it sticks." And 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 I like the fact that they, you know, like they played their their quote unquote B team. But I mean, you try that goofy dive stuff against teams like the Hunters, or like maybe the Spark. The spark are starting to look a little bit better, but like you don't do it against the uh, dragons. Yeah, but hey, sometimes we've seen it with New York. You can get, you can throw some crazy stuff at them at a good team like New York and find some success. So mm-hmm. hey, who knows, right? Yeah. Speaking of which, the Excelsior did indeed play this past weekend, and they played against a much better Soul Dynasty team, but it won't show. If you looked at just the scoreboard, as New York <laughs> took this one three zero. Yeah, I didn't. I I I really meant to catch this one. I actually didn't catch this one, uh, but I did see the three hours, and I was pretty um, pretty surprised at that scoreline. Definitely, since Seoul looked like they kind of put it together at the main melee, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit disappointing, and yet. On the same coin, they are. That's just classic soul. Yeah, <laughs> they have every opportunity to play a comp that they're good at, and they just 
didn't, mm-hmm. and they suffered horribly for it. And, and what and what this reminded me, uh, kind of going back and looking at this game, it, it reminded me a lot of the Boston Atlanta game from you know before COVID, where Boston completely missed the meta, like they weren't even close. <laughs> Everyone was playing uh, Ryan Diva uh, with a little bit of dive. And then Boston on every map just forced double shield May Reaper, and you're like, "Oh God, goodness, <laughs> <Stop> no! It, guys. <laughs> this will not play." Uh, actually, I didn't even think about th- thinking back to it. They Boston even tried to play uh, Pharmacy on Eichenwald into Hawks Diva play, and Hawks single handedly stopped the Pharmacy. So uh, a lot of that happened this game uh, with Soul Gesture, uh, kind of just jumping on Winston. Uh, Marvel would either bubble too late or bubble too early or, or whatever because they, they, they played Winston's Aria and, you know, and, and first off wonky strat it can work it just doesn't work when you're trying to just mimic another team that did it mm-hmm. so, and if you haven't practiced it it's really atrocious oh yeah so we saw a bunch of that and then we just saw New York just like completely just outclass them mm-hmm. uh, we got to see Hawksall Hawksall played really really well oh, yes I mean to the surprise of nobody yeah, so he's disgusting. Yeah, so the New York new new look New York looks good, and and try to say that four times fast. <laughs> All right, moving on to those U.S. games. Yeah, yeah, boys. Goodness gracious, was I excited for this one? This uh, so so Paris and Boston, I think are now becoming a crazy, weird little rivalry, much like Boston and the Glads have, where like the Glads have just straight up just never beaten Boston. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Boston and Paris have gone to map five like four times in their history between the past two games. Or it's mm-hmm. the past two seasons, rather, not past two games. Um, and unfortunately, Paris takes this one 3-2. And a lot of people have been mentioning how Paris just looked horribly bad on comps that weren't uh soon and sparkle which is true i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to take that away from a lot of people because they looked really bad when they played a suboptimal comp mm-hmm. however i still take this as a win as a boston analyst because they actually took advantage of the opponents being bad and yeah. that hasn't that really hasn't happened in the first half of the season so just that fact alone of Boston being able to actually take advantage of Nico playing Doomfist and Sparkle on May, uh, that's a huge improvement for Boston. Yeah, I I watched uh, I watched about half this match and I had to go do something on Saturday. Um, and when I was I was watching it and I think Boston I think it was I think it was one one when I when I had to step away. Um, and I saw this went three two and I'm just like okay like Boston is is getting better and better each week. Um, and they put in Mikey this week instead of punk too. They did. Yes. Um, and what I saw, he looked pretty good. Um, and this game was kind of, I, I, I had mixed feelings about it. I'm like, well, sparkles making his debut, uh, Paris could crush them. Um, or this could pop possibly go to a game five again, just like what happened in the May melee. So this is two times in a row where they've went to a, a map five and to go up um, against the Paris Eternal and bring them to a map five. Um, the way that the Paris Eternal have been playing is pretty impressive. 
And especially for a team that is, you know, so like low on this, like last last place in the league physically in the st- in standings um, and low on people's power rankings. But you'll notice a lot of people have them climbing in the power rankings. Um, and th- and this is the reason why they're climbing. Yes. You know, they still they still lost. But boy, do they look like a totally different team than they did. Basically, after Mufin left. When Mufin was still on the team, I was like, all right, this team has some hope. They have a pretty good off tank. And then that stuff happened. Um, and they, they looked terrible. Now they they really started making their uprising haha, um, when they signed Punk. Oh. And um, they've looked great ever since. I'm excited for this team. And me and you both. So, uh, yeah, I th- th- this team has been slowly improving. Thank goodness. Um, what, I, what I thought was very interesting in this game was the fact that Paris took multiple maps of just completely investing into Sparkle's ability to hard carry the entire team. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've really seen a character slash player do what Sparkle did on Genji since like Hawksoul of last year. Mm-hmm. And, and that should speak volumes. But we kind of all understood that Sparkle was coming in as this highly touted player, right? Like, he, he came around with this gigantic amount of hype uh, up to a point where people started thinking, well, he's not going to live up to the hype, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this this kid is has this gigantic aura around him about how good he is and how much he should be able to, you know, save this Paris Eternal team that should have been struggling for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Now that didn't happen. Paris absolutely, uh, you know, proved themselves as a team worth competing, and now they employ this new, you know, absolute monster of a DPS, and they looked pretty good. It's just they also have their own kind of, uh, you know, issues to work out, and hopefully, we see even more great things from Paris because I think this team's actually really exciting, considering, uh, you know, they have the, that awesome combo of a veteran presence like Soon. And then just incredibly talented rookies like Sparkle, FD God, Fielder, Exe. And this team in general could be a, a massive marketing team for Owl. I, I think if they actually try to use this Paris team as a, a team to kind of focus on, kind of like they do with the Shock a little bit and the, the Titans last year, mm-hmm. I, I, I think this Paris team could do a lot of good and, and obviously go far in various, you know, Summer Showdown and the one in August. So, yeah, um, I, I feel like when the. At this point, now that they have Sparkle, they're like fully unlocked and loaded. Um, I feel like their mishaps are really going to be coaching related, like you were saying with Nico running on the Doomfist and and stuff like that. Like, I think they're if if their coaching isn't great, that's what's going to do them in at this point because they just have like so much raw talent on that team that they they have the ability to to do really 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 well. But then you have those weird things where you're like putting in Nico in on Doomfist, like we were just saying. Like it, it, it's kind of like those head scratcher moments that I feel like could really backfire on them. Totally, a hundred percent. And it's funny that you mentioned coaching because I've been thinking this past week, like how much has Mineral actually been a part of this kind of revamp from Boston? Um, you know, sure the team. I, God, it's so weird. It's so weird to think about the first half of the season already. Considering the team has gone from, you know, one lineup, different lineup, 
all right, we had the same laugh two weeks in a row, first off, first time ever, right? And then we fix Philly. Oh, no, we lose. Doesn't matter. We expected that to happen. And then, you know, you lose Axiom. You lose Mufin. You lose Swimmer. Like, all right, this team is completely different now. <laughs> yeah. How, how does a coach actually have to, you know, how do you rebound from that? All right, now Hero Pools are against us. We're playing Color Hex on May for the, like, four or five weeks in a row. And you're like, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. This is the worst case scenario for a flex DPS like Color Hex. All right, we get a break. We sign Punk. Oh, we're, we're rejuvenated, right? You know, like, how much of a coach impact did he have? And and I think it's a lot. But I think, uh, you know, Boston's coaching and Paris coaching, um, you know, they play such pivotal roles in how this team can perform. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would be super interesting to watch, watch these two, like, as we keep going into the summer showdown. Sure. All right. And then now that I talked about an hour and a half about the uprising, obviously, <laughs> we can continue. <laughs> um, right after this one, uh was a little bit of a a less exciting game. It was the Mayhem versus the Fuel. Mm -hmm. was really anticipating kind of this awesome Tracer battle between Yaki and Takei. Well, it didn't really happen. It didn't really happen. Uh, Florida took this one easily 3-1. Yeah, this Florida Mayhem team is scary. I hate it. <laughs> Just because they're in the same division as the uh, Fusion. Um, they are fun to watch, though. So it's definitely one thing. Um, this one doesn't really surprise me. Dallas Fuel have been looking pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, but they haven't been looking Florida Mayhem good. Yeah. So it doesn't really shock me there that they, they took a 3-1 to one against them. Yeah, there's not a lot of teams that look as good as the Florida Mayhem right now. Um, which is a weird sentence to say. But that's his classic 2020, baby. <laughs> Florida Mayhem are very good. Yeah. Anyway. No, there's, like, I, I think Yaki is slowly turning into kind of a, you know, a rookie of the year candidate. Short, like, purely due to the fact that he is able to do things that maybe some other rookies haven't been able to do. Um, I think right now it's kind of like it's Yaki alarm. And I would I would love to say Eggsy, but he has been out for so long. Um, my uh, depends on what Paris do, but I I would love to say FD God. I think that'd be a really interesting case to see uh, if he could make a rookie of the year case. And then there's KSP, mm -hmm. who we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, another player that's absolutely crushing it uh, to a, a degree that people weren't really expecting, but they were kind of hoping he could do so. Yeah, the rookie of the year honors are gonna be pretty, uh, pretty crazy this year. <laughs> it will be, and, and I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if a rookie got MVP as well. Mm -hmm. Alarm! What? Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? <laughs> All right, we'll talk about him a little bit. We're almost there. We're almost. There. Uh, Atlanta Gladiators. Another game that was kind of a, kind of a dud. Uh, the yeah. glad the glads took this one three one, which is even stranger. But here we are, the Atlanta Rain. We saw Erster for a hot minute, but he was then banished back to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, the this Atlanta Rain team, man, they're they're really uh, disappointing me. <laughs> them very high on my preseason rankings. It's just they've been slipping. They've been slipping pretty hard. Um, the glads have a pretty decent team, so that's not to say that the glads you know, deserve to lose here. I, I think that, you know, the victory is justified. They do have some, again, great players on their team, but I 
I would think game five if 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 Atlanta's gonna lose against the Glads, I'd think at least a game five epic game and they just kinda got rolled over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's so weird because I asked you last week, right? I asked you if Atlanta is a bad team, mm. and I think that was the wrong question. I think the right question is: Is Atlanta good? Because they certainly are talented, and there's no doubt about it. Their roster has plenty of talent, but what we've seen so far is that they are incredibly night and day, and it's kind of been like that since their inception, even with the front. Yeah. Um, that the, the the team can have the highest highs of beating the shock in the playoffs, force them to go into the the losers bracket, and then they have the lowest lows of like I don't know, just just not even not even showing up really yeah. against the Glads, right? Or um, they haven't lost to bad teams yet this season, but they are definitely now in the danger zone of losing to... I, I would say they could probably even lose to Boston if, if the things fell right, and I could probably see them, like, being really bad against someone like Houston. Yeah, uh, I definitely see that, too. This new-look uprising team could definitely beat the Atlanta Reign because the way that they've been playing, I feel like the Paris Eternals should be able to, to take care of business against the Atlanta Reign, and Boston brought them to a 3-2, so... um. I, I I definitely see that the the Atlanta Rain are definitely slipping for me because they just uh, I don't know they've just been disappointing. And I don't even know if it's a say. yeah I don't even know if that's a comp thing. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a, like a mentality or a morale thing. Mm-hmm. But man, they have not because what are they like four and five now? They I I don't believe their record really indicates how good they are, or rather, I mean how good they could be. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so, they are. They're five and six right now. They're six. actually sitting at twelfth place, uh, five and six with a plus three map differential. So it was even crazier because that's not bad, right? Yeah, it's not they, bad. No. It's just that they have just looked poor. Mm-hmm. They win the games they need to win. Um, I believe they like, like I said a minute ago, like they crushed Boston uh, earlier in the season, right? They um, beat the Justice. Early in the season, I believe I'm just double checking right now because it's kind of important. yeah, like yeah, like they smacked the defiant. They 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 beat old look Florida, which is understandable. They smacked the justice. They smacked the outlaws, and then they smacked the defiant again. Like and 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 those are their wins. Mm-hmm. So, what, what do you really make of that? Mm-hmm. They like they're just crushing these bottom three teams. I mean, well, Florida no longer, but what. Well, they they also then lost to Paris, right? They lost to Philly in a map five, which is a good one. Uh, then they lost three out of Philly. They lost in a map five to the Valiant. They lost to Shock three zero. Lost to the new look Florida Mayhem. So like, it they they uh, it just looks like they have a a tough time playing up to who they need to be. <laughs> but they just feast on like memeing bad teams, which yeah, I don't. Right. Which is like. I don't know. It's a perfect thing to do for a mid-table team, but I would imagine they want to be somewhere higher than that, right? Oh, yeah. I could definitely see them, like, moving up in the standings in, like, the 10 spot where, like, the Soul Dynasty are currently. That's really about it. (laughs) Yeah, I, it's... Yeah, we'll see, but... 
Moving on to your boys, because I I, cause I want you to talk about your team as long as I talk the about mine. The yeah. Fusion. The Philly Fusion uh, gave it to the Houston Outlaws 3-0. Yeah, I got a little scared in the beginning because the uh, Outlaws actually took the first map on uh, Lijay. They did. Um, and then the Fusion were just like, all right, cool, we're going to pull the rug out from under you. They're like, oh, we figured out you're running Blasi on Doomfist. Sounds good. Yeah, we got this. Um, Hisu was the player of the game. Looked great. Um, the team all around um, looked pretty good. There was a point where Carpe did his thing and just started popping off um, on his widow, which was sickening. Um, and then uh, the big, the big story for me, and then I wrote in the article in, um, and and I guess this wasn't like too big in the article, but but he used to use play on Full Sky Industries, where it's basically like him and Carpe almost working together to turn a fight that looked like it was going to be lost um and would have prolonged their 3-0 against the outlaws um and then hisu came in with his ash and and just took care of business um honestly like there wasn't too too much to say here um i do still like seeing hydration on main tank i think that that is pretty cool Uh, i think that he deserves it because he plays really well and muma unfortunately hasn't been having a great season so i really feel like that's a good move for the outlaws um but really after that first map um that first like map loss um i i I just felt like it was kind of just fusion all the way it was it was pretty dominant and and it definitely showed in their gameplay yeah and and that's kind of why i think you know um the 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 matchup coming up this week i think is gonna not be as favorable towards boston as the matches against paris uh philly is just outclassing I think everyone but two teams in the league mm-hmm. in every role, like even even coaching. I, I I think people forget that coaching does play a gigantic role in these teams. Oh, yeah. And Christopher uh, has come on to a, a couple podcasts now. Maybe, maybe it was just the tactical crock pod a couple times, mm-hmm. but he, he has, he's mentioned just how like how important it is to, as a coach, keep instilling confidence in your players. And I think that's not, I mean, when you watch Carpet Play Widow, like, you know why you're winning, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, as a coaching standpoint, you like, you instill confidence into your players and be like, look, Carpet, like, we're, we're just going to have you play one of your best heroes, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's so simple. <laughs> like, the Fusion are just simply better than a lot of teams. Like, it's a dumb sentence to say, but it is what it is. You know, like, you know, even, even when people were memeing over Sato in the beginning of the season, he has absolutely shown why Carpe has alone said, I'm playing with Sato and that's it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, we're, we're keeping Fraggy on the bench. We're not signing another main tank after season two. I want to play with Sato because he is incredibly, like, talented. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought he was on drugs, Carpe. <laughs> we're saying that, and then this year he comes out. And, and you're like, It's oh. kind of been, like, the biggest story of the season, and you probably have heard me say it a billion times. You've probably heard it. Um, a bunch of Philadelphia Fusion fans say the same thing because you know most of us were coming into the league like, well, this could be a kind of crappy season because Sato's still here. Yeah, he played like crap last year, and uh, he has definitely um, proved that he just had a bit of a sophomore slump, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, he, he just had an issue with goats, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I I feel like uh, judging people on their goats' performance. Is a double-edged sword. So you got yeah. people like Adora. Uh, you got like all of Vancouver Titans. They're incredibly talented at goats. 
Uh, Adora I mentioned just because he was really good at Brig. Uh, and then you have some teams like the Justice who were trash then, but 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 then you're like, oh well, they're still trash now. So how do I actually judge this team? Mm-hmm. But but Philly shows that you know you might be horrible at goats, but you're really dang good when you can play DPS. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will I will say just one last thing: hydration on main tank. I do agree. He has looked better than Muma, but I I don't think it's kind of a long term solution. I don't think hydration wants to play main tank. I know he's able to. Um, I would imagine Houston is very much looking at these contenders teams and probably going to sign one soon. Yeah, definitely a band aid fix. Yeah, yeah, mostly just because, man, dude, these contenders tanks have looked really good. Mm-hmm. Even Shredlock hasn't looked horribly bad since jumping right back into the Titans roster. Um, unfortunately, Beast hasn't really looked super great, but I think there's a lot of good players out there that the, the Outlaws could probably sign at least to a 14 day contract. Mm-hmm. Right, like almost like a professional tryout thing. Yeah, in just, a way you can look at it like that for sure. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't really want to keep seeing hydration on main tank, um, purely because I think he's an incredibly talented uh, flex player. So mm-hmm. I, I would like to see him play, you know, those flex DPS again. But we'll see. You know, you know, obviously the the league has a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. All right. The next game on Sunday, Titans, Defiant, and we saw these two teams battle out in the May Melee. They went to five last time around. This time around, uh, not 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 so fortunate for the Titans. Uh, the new new addition of Numlocked uh, for the Defiant ended up spanking the Titans three zero. Yeah, yeah. The Titan or the Defiant actually. Uh... Uh, looked looks pretty good this this round. A lot of the uh, the the matches were close. Um, it was two one three two three two. So you had some close you had some close matches. Uh, Toronto came out on top. They just looked they just looked better. But this Vancouver team still has a lot of promise. Um, the the thing that I feel like is the Achilles heel for the the Titans team is their support line. I feel like the rest they have covered. Um, now that they kind of subbed out uh, Tsuna because he honestly didn't look too great. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of potential there. But their support line, I feel like, just isn't up to snuff. Yeah, I think this team, at a glance, if you kind of watch them individually playing contenders, you would have a lot of high hopes for this team. I think they are indeed owl caliber. I think the biggest issue still remains that they were just made like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the 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 learning pains and the you know the trials and the tribulations that a lot of teams went through early in the season, like rather in the preseason, you know, right? So the leagues, the, so season started in February, right? And teams were essentially announced by November, so they've had teams. All the way. They, they've had so much practice, so much time to get familiar with one another, you know, and that's just assuming that these are new teams, right? Like teams like Philly, where like, you know, Poco and Carpe have been playing together for an ex- extremely long time. Uh, you got all of Florida, who was playing together from last season. So you have a lot of time to develop that synergy, that the, the, the confidence and the comfortability of playing with one another. Yes, 
most of these guys were on second wind already. But now you're playing with an off tank who's on 300 ping. You're playing with uh, another DPS, Suna, that was on you know, also 200 ping. Now you bring in Shockwave, who wasn't playing with you guys before, but he's incredibly talented. He's also playing on ping. So it, this whole team has, like, it feels horrible to say, but this is a 2021 team. Mm-hmm. They, this team is not going to do anything this season, mostly because we're halfway through the season, over halfway through the season, it's all contenders players. Half of them are on ping. Like you said, the support line is still kind of mad. They're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Owl is a whole different speed. The players look fine. Like you see it, like KSA doing really well. You see Shockwave doing really well. Dalton hasn't really got to play a lot of his tracer yet. But the the, the, the talent and the flashes of brilliance are there for this Titans team. The issue is just closing it out. And that's kind of what makes the difference between a contenders and an owl team. Is being able to actually make those clutch moments. And that's why it's kind of exciting to see more of these contenders players hop into owl and see if they can make that adjustment and make that difference. Um, yeah, definitely. It's got to be tough on them, yeah, just to get kind of adjusted to things. Yeah, and, and that's it's a giant adjustment. Mm-hmm. And that's all it takes. It's so tough. It, it's really, really hard to, to make that next level. And I know people kind of meme about, oh, like, oh, contenders have beaten bottom five teams in scrims. Sure. Right? Like, those are scrims. It happens. I know people, like, you can buy into scrim bucks or not. But when, when push comes to shove, when, the, when match day comes, does your team have the, you know, the, the wherewithal to stand firm and beat? the opposing team mm-hmm. Do, can you actually bring those scrim results into the game no then i mean then you're just a scrim god and that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you know you're not you're not an owl god you're not an actual mvp caliber player you're just really good when uh the stakes are at zero mm-hmm. you know <laughs> right <laughs> when teams are just practicing new shit sorry for the language but like what, what like scrimming can only bring you so far and i do think team doge could make it make like a splash in the league because i bring that up because i know a bunch of people on twitter were saying oh where would team doge fit and you know john gall formula the justice said oh they'd be a bottom five team right they just barely scrape top 15 mm-hmm. um i saw some other people like oh they'd be like a top 10 guy like top 10 team i think they're incredible i know a lot of tier two people think that's the case um I personally would probably find them like middle of the pack. They like I think they'd be better than some teams, sure, but you never know until they're actually in the league. Yeah, oh yeah, and playing this other competition that you know is Overwatch League caliber competition. Exactly. There's definitely a there's definitely a step up from from Overwatch League to Contenders. I mean, there's a lot of people that come up from Contenders and kill it in Overwatch League, which is awesome, but. You're talking about a whole team of contenders players. I mean, look at the basically like the London Spitfire is basically a whole team of contenders. Yeah. And, you know, they have their struggles and, you know, they. They, you know, had a little bit of hope coming into the season, a lot of unknowns and stuff. But, you know, this is basically just a full contenders team just kind of getting stomped. And there's really no way other to put it, right? They're just mm-hmm. not looking great, mm-hmm. and that's ha- and that happens. That's okay. That's fine. We have mm-hmm. seen plenty of other players happen to just like hop in, try to be out level, and there's not there. Mm-hmm. Zephyr 
Yeah. Zephyr really never really made an impact, and he's back on to contenders. You have Flower, who hopped in, didn't really quite have the same success as people were hoping. So it, it's tough. It's it's certainly not an easy thing to. Uh, Zachary is another good example. As I'm looking at this Dallas Fuel thing mm-hmm. or Dallas Fuel logo, like like hype with your contenders players is good, and sometimes it does pay off. It's just that you got to remember. Not everyone can do it, right? And and that's the and that's the climb, that's the competitiveness, that's the battle that a lot of players have to face, right? Like sometimes you just don't got it, and that yeah. sucks. <laughs> but it'd be like that. Mm-hmm. That's how it'd be. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So that's so that's a uh, rambling about contenders with uh, Brock and Maradon. <laughs> there you go. Um. Anyway, we have one last match to talk about. Uh, all right, I'll throw I'll throw Toronto a bone. Uh, everyone looked good. I don't know. Like Nam looked really really good. Mm-hmm. Um. Sure, four was back. Hooray! Logics was good, so thanks for the logic, Mister Logic. Yeah. And last match of this past weekend was the Valiant versus the Justice. Um, this one went as well as everyone hoped. Valiant three zero. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping this new look Justice team would show some life, and it, and, and it, they did in King's Row, but eh. just got raffle style. Yeah. Yeah, we all look good in King Row, right? Like everyone yeah. loves King's Row. You're right. Scrimming for it, but <laughs> yeah, Volsky and uh, in Oasis, they got they got two. Uh, they did not have dominated. a good time. Yeah, and the Valiant have been looking good. I like I like this Valiant team. I love this Valiant team. I think they do such a good job. Shax is a monster, also. Shax is insane. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I think the Valiant have this weird. Uh, like benefit of having Shaxx who's insane on Tracer, KSF who's a pretty talented like kind of flex. He, he plays more Hanzo, May kind of nonsense, and then KSP is just your hit scan god, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 sometimes that's kind of all you need. You know, look look no further than Philly sometimes, right? Like Carpe and Ivy will just inter- control an entire game. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 talk about Sato being really good, but. Then it's like, well, we got Valiant over here, and Dreamer's like, okay, Dreamer's a pretty like he's a thoughtful kind of a slower player, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter when KSP is making him infinite space. So you know, all he's got to do is just press W and W W W uh, right mouse click, and yeah. so you're like, all right, here we go, cap and point again. So like, and uh, everyone's dead. <laughs> oh, Shax, what did you do? <laughs> they had families. <laughs> now they're all dead. Now they're all dead. <laughs> uh yeah but yeah definitely the the, the real thing to talk about here is the justice and and just like you said you if you, you hoped that uh stitch and janu i believe i thought stitch was on on american ping now um on low latency i don't know if that's 100 percent true i mostly because i remember um pre the new gm of the justice tweeting about janu being uh on uh u.s soil and i think that's 100 percent true mm-hmm uh, I'm not I too believe sure Stitch is here. I, I thought so too, but it did not look like he played it. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, um, he did not either look comfortable, confident, anything. Like he he just had only a few moments of like, oh, that's Stitch that we know. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it's kind of just he was not helpful. Yeah, and that's really that's really disappointing because I was thinking that this revitalization of the of the justice was going to kind of bring them you know back from the dead. 
that's good for the fusion because they're in their division. But I really thought that the that the Justice were gonna kind of have this new look team. Now, if they were gonna beat the Valiant, I don't know because the Valiant have been looking pretty damn good lately. Um, but um, I didn't. I honestly didn't expect three L Valiant. I would expect, you know, this this new look all Korean roster of the of the uh, Justice to, you know, at least take a game here. Yeah, I thought they at least like put up a scary fight. Mm-hmm. Nope, nah. not today. <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of still a lot of things to work into, mm-hmm. and, and I think Justice, um, much like Houston, I, I I think they they could benefit from signing some one of these uh, contenders teams that are now on break. Most definitely. But that was last week, Mr. Yeah. Maradon. Take it away from me. Take my mic away from me. I'm talking yeah. way too much. Let's I'm, talk about I'm this week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Here we're going to this week. Uh, we're running a little long, so I'm trying to make this uh, a little faster. But you know, still, still discuss some games here. Yeah. Um. So the first game of the week, um, in the APAC division, is the Soul Dynasty versus the Charge. I feel like this is going to be a pretty good game here. Um, I have the Soul Dynasty winning, but I feel like this could honestly go either way. The way that the you know Charge have been playing, you know, up until the break. Yeah, I do not believe in the Soul Dynasty at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually gonna pick the Guangzhou Charge. I think it's gonna be like a like a three-two Charge win. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't really see Soul. Well, I can't see Soul bouncing back, but I I, I don't know. They they just seem so boomed half the time that. <laughs> <laughs> you basically have to roll the dice with the soul, the soul dynasty like the skills there but like the but like consistency ran- isn't yeah but like randomly their brain isn't <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh guys so yeah. uh, I'm, I'm gonna put the i'm gonna put the charge on the, charge, on, 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 on the w here mm-hmm. well, i definitely i definitely feel that I, I feel like this is uh if the soul dynasty have turned their brains on i feel like the the soul dynasty win but the inconsistency of turning their brains on definitely goes into the favor of the charge definitely uh the next game uh i probably picked the team that you probably didn't pick it's the london spitfire versus my other boys the chengdu hunters and i'm going with the hunters here because they're coming off the break they're looking to go middle fingers up to the league and prove that they're at least a 12 spot (laughs) Oh, I, I I feel like the hunters have have the strength to beat the London Spitfire. I really do. Um, I don't think the London Spitfire are talented enough with the weird stuff that Chengdu likes to throw at teams. Um, and that's kind of what oh has always played to Chengdu's advantage. They kind of catch people off guard, and the good teams understand that and raffle stomp them and make them yep. look like idiots. Uh, and then they run weird stuff against teams that are less skilled, and then they end up just kind of stomping them. So um, I- I'm feeling the Hunters this weekend. I'm going to be wrong, but... <laughs> you know what? You're saying that. You're making too many jumps. You don't believe in me. You don't think I have faith <laughs> in Jinmu and the boys. The Jinmu and the boys. Jay and the boys. <laughs> because if I'm not mistaken, they will indeed play on this most recent patch of Genji being buffed AF. Yeah. So, you know you know what that means. We had a lot more Jimu blades mm-hmm. and uh a lot more value town. I'm gonna absolutely take Chengdu here. Really? Okay. Uh I I don't know. They just seem primed for a crazy wrecking ball like meta. You know, I we saw some of that this past weekend. I 
for sure believe we're going to see more of Wrecking Ball this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, there's the one and Lord the Savior, Amen. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go Chengdu with you. Chengdu. Awesome. Uh, the next game actually should be pretty good as well. Um, judging by how the Spark have started to look a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Um, it's the Spark versus the NYXL. I still have the NYXL win in this, but I feel like this could be close. It could be much closer now with Architect. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to... I don't think that's enough. I think New York takes this yeah. one. Yeah. New York definitely wins here, but I'd say 3-1. Yeah, I'll I'll take a 3-1 there, too. Yeah. Um. So, Saturday's NA games start off with... Uh, what could be a pretty good match here? The San Francisco Shock versus the Paris Eternal. Um, I still think that the Shock is a better team than the Eternal, so I'm giving them the win here. But as long as Paris doesn't shoot themselves in the foot with their coaching, um, <laughs> they could make this a competitive one. Oh, man. So here's the thing. If Paris goes soon and sparkle for the entirety of the match and they kind of fix the issues they had, I do think there's a realistic chance that Paris wins this game. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> the Shock are just incredibly, you know, like, like worlds away, better team. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be a fool to not pick the Shock. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I am no fool, despite the amount of wine I've been having. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick the San Fran Shock over the Paris Eternal. Uh, the next game is the Rain versus the Defiant. This I feel like this is going to be one of those showings where the Rain knows how to take care of business to the weaker teams. I mean, do they? Is I don't like... know. Maybe this is, maybe this is the game that's just like you know what you guys are giving the Rain way you know too what? much damn credit. You know what? <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, no, I I agree with you. I, I the Rain should absolutely take care of business here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the addition of Numlocked is going to change too too much. Um, but, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Toronto ekes out uh, a one win, um, a one map win on like control or something. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that taking a map off of, of Atlanta. Uh, the gladiators play the Houston Outlaws. This is where we might be able to see Kevster for the first time. I definitely have the gladiators done in this one. Uh, outlaws have, like we were saying, like kind of look better, but not really great still they definitely look better than the way they started off the season it's not that hard to do though because they started off the season like oh and five really bad so yeah no this is definitely glad's uh victory um i do hope we see kevster i think this is a great great time to to open him up um kind of let him let go go crazy Mm -hmm. um I uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of ways Houston can win this one, right? They, they don't have a lot of opportunity to actually like outplay the Glads because I think typically, maybe with the exception of OG, like I I think the the Glads are outclassing Houston in, mm-hmm. in the entirety. I, I I would be confident saying three zero Glads. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, the next game is the Dallas Fuel versus the Vancouver Titans. Um, I see the way the Dallas Fuel have been playing lately. I definitely see them kind of taking taking this game over the the new look Titans. Man, I don't know what it is about my gut, but my gut wants to say the Titans. 
Yeah. It's certainly not true. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans, to me, have not proven that they can even stop just decay hard carrying on Tracer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to go with the fuel. It's going to be a 3-0. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't be surprised when the Titans actually end up stealing a map. Okay. Or maybe three. <laughs> In a row. <laughs> and kill the Dallas fuel. <laughs> I would be very impressed. That would be that, that, that would be that an would, awesome sight for everyone except for the Dallas fuel fans. That that would be a horrific turnout for the fuel fans. Yes, yeah. Um. So that ends Saturday. So Sunday we start off with what looks like a probably pretty decent game here. Um. The Guangzhou Charge versus the Hangzhou Spark. Um. I'm kind of going with my gut here. I'm kind of feeling the spark. Over the Man. charge, this yeah. this can go either way. I mean, the Charger a pretty decent team, but the Spark I feel like have kind of found their rhythm a little bit. I so I think you're right. Um, I I was listening a little bit of Plat Chat earlier this week, and and they mentioned a good point. Who on the charge plays Tracer in a Tracer Ash meta? And so they're saying Nero does. They're like, ah, is it maybe actually Eileen? Does Eileen actually play Tracer? We don't know, and that's the weird part. Like, I, I, there's a couple other teams in the league that don't have like a classic, you know, like tracer player. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 spark do, in 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 either honestly either Gosby or Architect, and it's probably gonna be Architect playing tracer, and mostly because Architect just plays it all. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he he does everything. So, I I can see why you picked the spark. Um, I still want to say the charge just solely because I think the charge tank line is strictly better than the spark, mm-hmm. but we do get to see Gushway most likely on Winston. So um, I, this is going to be a three, two. Uh, I'm going to give it to the, the charge, but um, I, w- I would not be surprised if Hongzo does indeed uh, find the winning blow. Yeah, this definitely should be a close one regardless. Should be a pretty good one to watch. The next game, probably not so much. Uh, the Shanghai Dragons versus the Chengdu Hunters. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I have the Dragons here all the way. I, I don't think that the Hunters stand a chance against a team as strong as the, the Shanghai Dragons. Yeah, sadly, um, you know, shenanigans get you so far. Yeah. And I, and I don't think uh, uh, they'll they'll uh, be able to pull through again this week. Yeah. Uh, next game is kind of, uh, I feel like, going to also be a shellacking. Uh, the NYXL versus the London Spitfire. Um, definitely have NYXL here for myself against the Spitfire. Yeah, that makes two of us. The, yeah. the X- NYXL just are, are going to... Uh, well, they should absolutely three out of the London Spitfire. Mm-hmm. What they could end up doing is playing a, 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 a dopey TPS comp that... Uh, they really shouldn't be just at just for like giggles and then lose a map, mm-hmm. but we'll see. But I I fully expect uh, New York to take this one home. Mm-hmm. Now to start off the NA games, we got the boys versus the boys. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's <laughs> the Boston this... Uprising versus the Philadelphia Fusion. Um, oh goodness! I have the Fusion oh, winning goodness. this. Um, I did write in my article that. They have to keep their foot on the gas because Boston has learned how to play cleanup and how to not be a pushover. I don't Correct. feel that this game is just going to be some GG easy where they throw chips in like when they played 
uh the titans and just raffle stomped them the blink of your eye the game was over um i still personally feel like this is going to be a 3-0 to the with the fusion winning but again it's not going to be a push over three there's definitely going to be some effort involved in this in this victory uh man thank you for being so optimistic <laughs> <laughs> and the fusion uh, <laughs> uh, fusion win 3-0 i don't know so god like the the fact that Paris has taken Philly to three ma- to five maps multiple times mm-hmm. is like my only hope for this match. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and that the fact that Boston has been able to do that to Paris on both looks right. We have we have both look on Paris where Boston was able to take the map five mm-hmm. with and without Sparkle. But yeah. is that enough? We don't really know, and mm-hmm. that's and that's what's holding me back from saying Boston could sneak in a win. Mm-hmm. Because we we really don't know if it's actually enough, and and and, and Philly has shown that they're good enough to win those close matches, right? Boston really hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat the Glads, sure, but they should have beat the Glads three zero. Realistically, yeah. they had the opportunity, uh, the, the entirety of the match to to end the game, and they just didn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, for now, I'm gonna go with my my article prediction, which which it's coming out tomorrow, but three um, zero Philly. Boston could take a map, and if they do, and they look competent, and they actually look scary and make a lot of good plays, I, I think they have a shot. They have a, a little bit of a, a hope going forward. I think regardless of the outcome here, Boston Uprising will continue to climb up the power rankings. I have a feeling that we're we're gonna see we're gonna see some good stuff from them. I don't I don't remotely think this is gonna be a stomping. I still think it's gonna be a three zero, but I I feel like it's gonna be a lot closer. They're, the matches are gonna their maps are gonna be a lot closer than people think. I have yeah, a lot of faith in yeah. the, this this uprising team, you know, coming out from the depths, and that's not just because I know you. They they just look good. <laughs> I'm not trying to blow smoke under any any uprising's fans' ass. I oh, make no. an observation. They look great. Please please continue. <laughs> I know it's welcomed. We, we, we won't we won't say no. Um. Nah, yeah, it's just like, do we get to see tr- like another color X tracer like pop off moment, right? Like, do we get to see Jerry continue to play really, really strong on Ash? Mm-hmm. If we get those things, we're gonna get a close match. I'm excited to see Jerry versus Carpe. It's one of the things I pointed out in my in my article. I I, I wanna I wanna see that. Yeah, their their last duel was not as uh, exciting. So hopefully this time mm-hmm. around it's a little bit better. Yeah, most definitely. Um, the next match should be a great one. Uh, the Florida Mayhem versus the Ellie Valiant, two teams that have been on fire lately. Yeah, I some good food. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have the Mayhem winning this. I think that the Mayhem are still better than the Valiant. Um, I can honestly see this going three two though. I could see this being a close one. This will definitely be a close one, surely because. Yaki and Shaq will have an amazing tracer battle, mm-hmm. and then KSP will pick up the slack because I think KSP is better than BQB, mm-hmm. but I do think Yaki is maybe a little better than Shaq's. So the, the the DPS will end up lining up a bit. I think the front lines are also very even, mm-hmm. um, and it'll be up to the back lines. And I and I think uh, the Valiant uh, are a little more. Um, uh, I want I don't want to say talented because that's not not necessarily true. But I just like the way um, Rain and uh, McGravy play together for most of the game. I, I think they have really good synergy between D.Va and Lucio uh, whenever they do play them. 
So if we get to see more of that, I would I would I'm gonna lean towards uh, Valiant three two. Um, and unfortunately, I think like kind of literally anything else is probably gonna be Florida three two. Mm-hmm. And with Diva banned, it, I mean, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, they're no. gonna have they'll probably have to play Sig- Sigma. Yeah, so I would. That... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards Gargoyle and and Crew. I'm gonna say three two Florida. Lead you Florida. Yeah, I I have Florida here, but yeah, it should be it should be a pretty pretty fun game. Yeah, we gotta get used to those hero bands lasting two weeks now. <laughs> I know uh, the, it's my different. It's completely. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with it. It 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 makes writing articles better because now I I don't have to wait till Monday for them to announce the polls and me to make yeah, a, and be like oh well by the way guess. <laughs> yeah it's like well if these can get banned and if this person gets banned well the game could go this way but if this gets banned it could go that way and then the hero band comes out and then the article comes out and it kind of looks stupid and you're like nice <laughs> nice my whole article I'm so bad. excited. <laughs> exactly uh the last game to round out the weekend is the san francisco shock versus the washington justice i have the shock here all the way there's no way the justice i don't even foresee the justice taking a map off of the shock how could they possibly take a map of the shock yeah they couldn't they couldn't take a map off the valiant so the shock are definitely better than the valiant the shocker arguably you know best team in the league either at either one or two on most people's power rankings yeah, there's no way. Yeah. And 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 kind of un, not jokingly, the 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 shocker just incredibly like just I I can't say a better like they're just so much better. They're incredibly more talented than the Justice. Like on just on all facets. So seeing them lose a map to the Justice would be um I would say even if they won three one, I think that'd be actually a loss for the for the shock. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And that's going to be it for uh, for the games. Moving on to Overthoughts, we did get uh, our MVP skin, the Zarya MVP skin. Very um, Men in Black-esque. <laughs> I didn't really look up... I, I feel like the reason why Zarya looks like that is because his name is Sinatra and Frank Sinatra. Um, I don't fully know the, the correlation between... The the lore so, behind the skin. Did so, you get any of it? So we'll, we'll we'll break it all down for for all our, all our listeners here. So uh, back in season one, uh, people memed Sriracha. Oh my god! People <laughs> memed Sinatra because uh, he looked like an alien. Oh my god! Just like that, right? Like he he, he kind of um, people were like, "Oh, he's got a big head. He looks like an alien." Har har. Uh, Sinatra took that, owned it. Uh, kind of made it part of his, um, you know, his his look, his kind of personality, the way he played, like, not the way he plays, but, like, just kind of, like, who he was, you know, he, he made the meme and kind of owned it. Mm-hmm. Um, the name Sinatra itself, um, obviously, for Frank Sinatra, for those who don't know him, uh, he's an, a, a famous American singer, um, and he uh, notably performed in a suit all the time. Yes. So he's part of like the big band era back in like yes, his forties. Uh, oh, I 50s? believe I believe that's the Rat Pack. I believe yes, he was the head of the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just doing a quick little wiki on this one. Uh, it's Nacho D. Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, yeah. Peter Lawford, and Joey Bishop, among others. Uh, so Dean Martin was the big kind of do him and Dean Martin were like big duos. Yeah, like the big duo. Yeah, of the Rat Pack. Um, uh, so. 
so that's why we kind of got the combo of like the the alien with the suit, and it does just so happen that it has this awesome Men in Black aesthetic to it, mm-hmm. um, from because that's kind of the pop culture, uh, you know, icon that we, us, at least most Americans know, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks sick. All right, so people people mad about it that he's no longer with uh, Overwatch. He's moved on to Valorant. It's it's a good skin. Yeah. They're not just going to like say, oh, well, we're taking your MVP away from you because you moved on to another game. You know what? You're right. You know, like, <laughs> just totally revoked. How like, dare that would you? Be, that'd be the biggest dick move <sighs> in esports. <laughs> it, it would just be so incredibly petty that we that no one's really ready for. Mm-hmm. And that we would just cause so much more of an issue. So I'm glad glad Blizz went through it like they should have. Um, but I'm more happy that it actually looks pretty sweet i gotta i gotta be honest with you i hated it at first um and then when i look at it more i i kind of like it a little bit more and i'm a sucker for limited time skins so of course as much as i actually like the london spitfire winston skin and didn't want to buy it because the fusion lost to them in the finals i bought that (laughs) i have the jonak skin i don't like nyxl i do like jonak like, I'm going to buy these skins. I have the Pink Mercy skin. So when this came out, I was just like, okay, like it or not, I'm going to buy it. Like, and right. now I have it equipped, and it's actually starting to grow on me a little bit. I still don't think it's great, but I there's aspects of it that I like. I like how cool she looks with the alien. The suit's okay. Um, I don't really know what I was expecting. Um... Zarya tends to not have too many great skins. I do like her '80s one, but like I don't, I don't know. It, it's growing on me. Um, I, I think by next podcast and the more Overwatch I hate or more Overwatch I play, <laughs> Whoa! and and the more the more and, and this is what I was gonna get to the more self self loathing that I endure myself through putting but through playing Overwatch. <laughs> it wow, will more, grow on me <laughs> the more goats i play in open queue then i'll truly love this skin <laughs> most definitely uh but it's nice to see uh we also got i also forgot to mention we also got the shock doomfist skin um, we did get the too, shock so. and that one i think um people have a right to be a little more um let down i think it's the proper word uh it, it's a little whelming uh, of a skin it's it's not you know overly exciting it's not like purely disappointing it's not just like a reskin of doomfist um it's just like um okay it's just like a meh yeah minus you know i i think that the winston skin is miles above better than the doomfist skin Mm -hmm. i I love the aviator outfit the the play on the london spitfire with the with the um with the english air force like it just looks awesome um, and the Doomfist one, I don't hate it. I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's just like... Fuck. It's not as good as Winston's. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't see it as nearly as much as to do with the Winston skin, mm-hmm. if, if that makes any kind of uh, you know difference. Mm-hmm. My favorite Overwatch League skin that they have came out with is probably definitely the Jodak one. It's definitely my, yeah. my personal favorite, but... They do a good job. There's a lot of time invested in this stuff. Um, again, Sinatra got the MVP last year. He 100% deserved it. And just because he moved on to play Valiant, uh, Valorant um, does not mean that, you know, Blizzard deserves to just take that away from him. And they're well aware of that. They're not, they're not going to do that. 
that'd be that'd right. be a horrible move to do that um so we got that we also got some patch notes um with some uh my favorite feature that they've done and and i i'm as as many people know i main support um i don't play dps too much in competitive um but they implemented this new priority requeue for games that have ended early so you know if someone leaves your match and it says you know that it cancels the match in so many seconds the dps especially those that you know are in grandmaster and have to wait like 10 minutes for a queue um you basically get a priority queue you basically get set back up to the top of the queue because your game ended because uh because of a lever which honestly probably should have been in there for a while <laughs> but um i guess really like the queue issues came when we started implementing the roll queue so yeah maybe that was something they should have put in when the roll queue was was kind of introduced i don't chuck that one to to uh it was hard to do that's a yeah. hard that's a hard thing to code as a as a developer so mm-hmm. but yeah i'm excited i was recently affected by the priority queue uh earlier this week mm-hmm. um and it looks cool, except for the little icon that shows you that you're in priority queue is like ever so off the corner of your queue timer, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of tilting. So, uh, Blizz, <laughs> like, if you're listening to this, with it, uh... like, please just like uh, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> is it one Thanks. of those things that like bothers people with OCD? It bothers people that just see it. Yeah, not even OCD because okay. you're gonna see it. It's like. I don't know. It's like when uh, there's like a smudge on your glasses mm-hmm. or like there's like a tiny little thing on your there's like a hair on your monitor mm-hmm. and you see it and you're like, wow, I really want that off my monitor. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to put a smudge mark on your monitor. It's like one of those things. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, <laughs> this is really obnoxious, but I can't really do anything about it. But there's also like nothing you can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is annoying. Um, competitive open queue season two has begun. That was in this patch. So if you are a big fan of competitive uh, open queue, um, that is uh, there for the taking. And there were also some hero updates, and these hero updates came uh, directly from the experimental card. Um, there actually weren't too too many, so I'm just going to go over them really quick. Uh, Echo's focusing beam um, was uh, the range was reduced from twenty to sixteen meters. I like that change because I feel like it was really far away, especially because she could just tear through people's HP. I think that's definitely yeah, welcoming. No, yeah, definitely a, a good change for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I know uh, our buddy Nendroid's going to be excited for this, but Genji got buffed. Um, he did. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so his shuriken damage was uh, increased by two points from 28 to 30. Um, I don't know how much of an impact that honestly would make. Um, I don't play Genji at all, so <laughs> I don't know uh, how he was. Um, I know Nindroid was actually not a big fan of the state that he was in, um, but this might change things. Uh, the spread was reduced from his right click, so when he throws the three shurikens out, um, from 12 to 9. Um, again, not really 100% sure. I mean, obviously, like the spread's going to be smaller. I don't know what 12 to 9 would physically look like. I'd have to like test a before and after to see that. <laughs> Um, but that got fixed. Um, and his deflect 
so there were a few th- there's two two big things that happen with the deflect and the one is like the big big buff um so the first one the duration was increased from 1.5 to 2 seconds so now he has a longer deflect now the big change is he could actually cancel the deflect yeah which is huge that's a, that's like really game changing I, I think that the combination of the deflect cancel mm-hmm. and the right click uh, spread decrease are his two biggest buffs right now mm-hmm um, just the DPS just shoots through the roof when you can hit more of those right-click uh, shurikens. Mm-hmm. That's definitely. Uh, Hanzo got a buff to his storm arrows, so the damage was increased from 60 to 70. So we're going to maybe see some more of the Shimada brothers back in action. And uh, Arissa got like a, uh, a a sound... I don't know if I'd like say buff. Up, uh, update? Uh, update, uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty Increase, medium. Yeah, it's kind of... It's a little odd, but... I guess it is what it is. Uh, her halt, her right click, her little little grab a uh, grab orb. Uh, the sound effect volume was increased. Yeah, her so pull, if you will. Her pull. Yep. Um, and there were also a number of bug fixes, and as usual, some workshop updates. Uh, we will go ahead and link the patch notes. Um, in the description of the podcast, so you can check that out, or you can just go to playoverwatch.com, check out the patch notes, or you could check it out in game, which was like. The last big update, you can actually yep. see the patch notes in game, so you can also find them there. The very last thing we wanted to touch on, third impact, is paying tribute to tier three. Some very um, well needed exposure for um, some tier two players and some tier three teams because, um, like we were saying last week, Blizzard did say that and recognize that their tier two, tier three path to pro. Uh, wasn't really in a great place and and hopefully you know in the coming months in the coming year we actually see this um becoming something that's more uh that has more of the spotlight on it because right now there really isn't and these um events like this third impact community cup or like the fran cup that she did really really helped that community and it's really uh it's really good to see something like this happen so you know these players can get recognized yeah um yeah um, I 100% agree. It's just awesome to at least have these players play on uh, a stream environment and, and have them uh, be able to showcase their talents. Mm-hmm. And these games, uh, so we're recording this on Thursday, uh, June 18th. The games are today, June 18th, and tomorrow, which we will be releasing this podcast um, tomorrow, Friday, um, June 19th. Those are the trials for it. And the games uh, will continue on my birthday, my oh, old ass, oh. uh, Thursday, June 25th, and Friday, June Gotta 26th. Write, gotta write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they will uh, finish finish tomorrow. Um, they will finish on the 19th and then continue next Thursday and Friday. So it should be interesting. Check it out. I'm pretty sure they're on Twitch. Does that yes. sound right? It's on yes, Twitch. they're okay. on Twitch under the Third Impact uh, channel. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, that's all I had. And in turn, that's all I got. Awesome. This this episode, we were like, you know what? It's going to be nice. There's not that much Overwatch League news. This episode actually might be longer than last you know, week's episode. You know what? Just kidding. Because if you record how long I talk about just randomly Paris and like freaking <laughs> Vancouver, then yeah, that's probably about 20 minutes right there. That's so okay. it's uh, good discussion. It's good discussion. It's not gone to waste. Uh, I hope so. It's not talking like pineapple and ham on pizza. 
<laughs> I can't believe you've done this. All right, guys, sit, lock in. It's going to be another hour and a half when I tell Maradon why it's such a horrible, horrible decision, and but also why I can defend it at the same time. <laughs> I'm Italian. Pineapple on pizza is a travesty. Oh, boy. All righty. Well, Moving on. anyway, that's going to be the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be done now. Uh, what an excellent episode, if, if I do say so myself. Agreed. Um, Meridon, when people want to watch this episode or kind of see what your th- thoughts on are about anything, where can they find you? Um, you can find me at Meridon Gaming on Twitter. You can also check out my Twitch channel that I've been neglecting, like I am famous for. I should get paid to do that. Um, at twitch.tv slash go rocko go uh you can also find me writing uh for the philadelphia fusion at the game house um for the podcast stuff you can find us at the over nerds on twitter you can also find us on facebook.com slash the over nerds and you can also shoot us an email at the over nerds at gmail.com now when they're done looking up all that mumbo jumbo and they're like i really want to look up mr brock where can they find you? You know, that Brock guy's got a lot of good ideas. I want to see more of them. <laughs> uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at EsportsBrock. You can find me rambling about nonsense over on the Game House. Uh, that's, uh, you know, thegamehaus.com, uh, where you find actually both of us uh, talking about Philly and Boston, respectively. Then, you know, the cool thing about this pod is that we are on the Geekscape Network. They, they allow us to put our, 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 our voices there. And give us a hosting and platform to discuss everything. And uh, that's thegeekscape.net. Uh, find your next nerdy podcast on the Geekscape. And then we got Max Brown, who is delivering us every week with this amazing intro. I uh, can't say more about him other than that he is probably the greatest human being uh, this side of the Mississippi. This and, <laughs> and, and probably the other he side. He actually as lives well. on the West Coast. Even better. That's how good he is. He's like, I dude. Think. Dude, I ain't even around here and I'm still better than all y'all. <laughs> he, he's the best human on both sides of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't even close. But yeah, so thank you, Max Brown, for an amazing intro. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, make sure to, to check us out on all of, all of your favorite you know podcast platforms. And with that, I believe I haven't missed anything. No, we good. We, we, we bid you an amazing farewell. And I uh, hope you have an amazing week weekend, and uh, enjoy yourselves while while uh, we wait to make the next episode. Yes. All right. Peace out, y'all. See you.